In Trump time, truth, straight, no chaser, the definitive insider's account of the White House of Trump. Peter Navarro's In Trump Time War Room is brought to you by Getter, the Twitter killer. Sign up for Getter today and strike a blow against cancel culture. Getter, the Twitter killer, an ultimate in social media engagement. Now here's Dr. Peter Navarro deep in the D.C. swamp from the In Trump Time War Room. Hi, I'm Peter Navarro, and welcome to Episode 5 of the In Trump Time podcast. Today, I want to share with you a letter I have sent to the Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis on Capitol Hill. While that sounds like a pretty official title for a congressional committee, this subcommittee, chaired by Democrat James Clyburn, actually far more resembles an ugly cross between a witch hunt and a star chamber. This is nothing more or less than a partisan Democrat committee seeking to weaponize the investigatory powers of Congress for the express purpose of discrediting and demonizing Donald John Trump and those accused, like me, who worked tirelessly for President Trump and this nation, particularly during the darkest days and nights of the pandemic. At present, and reminiscent of the Joe McCarthy era, there are two separate congressional committees trying to put people like me and Steve Bannon behind bars simply because we had the audacity to speak truth to power. The January 6th committee is at least putatively investigating the sources of the violence and chaos on Capitol Hill on that date. As I have written extensively about this situation in my In Trump Time book, specifically Chapter 21, both Stephen K. Bannon and Donald John Trump are fully exonerated from any role in the violence. As I write in the In Trump Time book, the Green Bay sweep strategy Steve Bannon had devised to get a fair accounting of the illegal votes cast in the election required peace and calm on Capitol Hill. It was the violence that allowed the Democrats to derail that plan and for Mike Pence as Vice President and President of the Senate to betray his American Caesar. And, perhaps like you, I'm still waiting for an investigation of what appears to be the roles of Nancy Pelosi, the Pentagon, and the FBI in failing to control and possibly instigate the violence that occurred on January 6th. Of course, the problem with the January 6th committee from a political perspective is that it is simply a tool of the Democrats. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy of the Republicans played checkers in a chess world when he refused to place Republicans on the committee. The Democrats would then outflank McCarthy by appointing Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, both of whom are nothing more than Democrats and rhinos in drag. Not surprisingly, this January 6th subcommittee has unanimously voted to hold both Steve Bannon and Mark Meadows in contempt, and, like Joe McCarthy before them, the committee is seeking to silence particularly Steve Bannon through malicious prosecution that has immediately turned into a show trial and star chamber. It is the second committee that is going after me, and the big issue at stake, besides the weaponization of Congress's investigatory powers, is the exercise of executive privilege 
by whoever holds the office of the presidency. The guiding principle here for executive privilege is straightforward. There can be no candor in the flow of information to the president and among his top advisors without the assurance of confidentiality. This is a principle that our very first president, George Washington, recognized when he established executive privilege as ironclad. In fact, what Washington established was that only the president can waive the privilege and only the president should do so when it serves the greatest public good. In my case, and in this case, no good, indeed no public good, can come from a Democrat committee whose sole purpose is to spin a false narrative about the Trump administration, a false narrative they have been pushing for over a year now. Writ large, what the Democrats are trying to do by weaponizing the investigatory powers they hold is to sacrifice executive privilege on the altar of political expediency. As I will argue in the following letter, these grifters and circus clowns have wound up in positions of power by holding both of their hands out to corporate donors and big moneyed interest, and they don't have a legal leg to stand on in trying to force me to submit to their demands. So here is the letter in its entirety. This segment of the In Trump Time podcast is brought to you by Steve Bannon's War Room. Join Bannon's War Room posse and get tomorrow's news today. All signal, no noise. Bannon's War Room. December 15th, 2021. Letter to James E. Clyburn, Chair, Committee on Oversight and Reform, Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis, 2157 Rayburn House Office Building, Washington, D.C., 20515. Dear Mr. Clyburn, I am in receipt of your threatening letter of December 11, 2021. It comes on the heels of an unnecessary early morning visit by one of your John Darms to deliver a subpoena, which I already acknowledged the receipt of to your assistant, Beth Mueller. She assured me that acknowledgement of receipt of the subpoena would obviate the need for any show of force. Yet, bang on my door your jackpot did in the early hours of the morning. Clearly, the game afoot here is to try to intimidate me. In reviewing your letter, I was surprised at the shoddiness of the legal work. Most notably, you brazenly ignore considerable legal precedent and facts demonstrating why executive privilege is applicable in this instance. While I have no intention of doing your legal work for you, you may want to review at least Nixon, the Administration of General Services, Loving versus DOD, Committee on the Judiciary versus McGahn, Mapather versus U.S. Department of Justice, Russell versus Department of Air Force, Department of Interior versus Klamath Water Users Protective Association, and Coastal States Gas Corporation versus U.S. Department of Energy, just to name several. You may want to do this before you push this case on a path to the Supreme Court. In the meantime, the abiding facts of the case are quite simple. President Donald John Trump, my commander-in-chief, has invoked executive privilege with respect to any interactions with your subcommittee, and the law is very clear on this. 
This is not my privilege to waive. Only President Trump can waive the privilege. Based on foregoing legal precedent and President Trump's invocation of, of executive privilege, I therefore cannot produce the communications sought by the subcommittee in the subpoena. Clearly, the best and proper course of action for your subcommittee is to negotiate any waiver of the privilege with the president and his attorneys directly, not through me. The law is clear that it is not my privilege to waive. Only the president can waive privilege. Therefore, I refer you directly to the president's attorneys. Until the scope and extent of this privilege is either negotiated by President Trump's attorneys or adjudicated by a court of law, free of partisan leanings, I cannot produce documents responsive to the subpoena or otherwise appear for the subcommittee's deposition. In this regard, the recent decision of the Democrat-stacked appeals court regarding the January 6th committee that a sitting president can revoke the privilege of a former president is about the most stupid and dangerous court ruling I have ever seen. Talk about an open invitation to the politicization of executive privilege. That, too, is a Supreme Court decision waiting to happen. Let me also restate something I noted in my original letter. I have no intention of allowing you or your subcommittee to drain me financially by forcing me to hire a high-priced Washington lawyer. I am a man of modest means on the edge of retirement and have no intention of burning cash on this matter. Likewise, with respect to your shoddy legal work, I was surprised to see you cite Harlow versus Fitzgerald as the centerpiece for your claim that I should bend to your will. This case is clearly and readily distinguishable from the instant case, and even the greenest law clerk would know this. The citing of this case also implies that you intend to pursue some type of criminal charges against me related to the White House handling of the pandemic. This is all the more reason why I will not be coerced into sitting for a deposition before your star chamber. Finally, as I document in my new book in Trump time, my actions during my government service no doubt led to the saving of hundreds of thousands and perhaps millions of American lives. That you would try to use me as a pawn in your cynical witch hunt game to blame the Trump administration for mismanagement of the pandemic, even as you imply possible criminal charges against me, frankly disturbs me and should disturb the American people. Let me remind you here, and as I document in the In Trump Time book, when I was arguing on behalf of the ban on travel from communist China in January of 2020 and writing a dozen memos jump-starting our pandemic efforts in February of 2020, you, Tony Fauci, and other Democrats like Bill de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo of New York and Nancy Pelosi of California were totally oblivious to the dangers of the pandemic and we're urging people to go out dancing in the streets. Let me also remind the American people here that it is you, sir, who is arguably the person most responsible for the feckless fool 
with obviously diminished mental capacity now sitting behind the resolute desk in the White House. Your endorsement of Joe Biden during the Democrat primary in South Carolina is generally regarded as the turning point in the career of a man who should otherwise have been relegated to the dustbin of history along with his venal son Hunter Biden, who is a congressional investigation waiting to happen. Because of your political efforts, the Biden regime has now spawned a stagflationary crisis the likes of which we have not seen since the 1970s. Our supply chains are in shambles. China and Russia are both getting ready to expand their territorial reach. Over 2 million illegal aliens are flooding over our border in this year alone. And it will be black and brown Americans who will bear the economic burden of this invasion through higher unemployment and depressed wages. Here is something to consider. When the Republicans take over in 2022, and if the Pelosi Congress is successful in establishing the precedent of weaponizing the investigatory powers of the Congress for partisan ends, what exactly do you think is going to happen to every single Democrat official surrounding Joe Biden in the White House? It won't be you threatening subpoenas in jail. It will be somebody like Steve Scalise, and all he will say to you when you complain is, I warned you not to go there. The second fact I would remind you of, sir, is that more people have now died from Communist China's virus on the watch of Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci than during the last year of the Trump administration. And we've seen this high death toll despite the fact that the Trump administration handed over a suite of vaccines that I personally jump-started in a February 9, 2020 memo. Perhaps your subcommittee should shift its focus to why Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins used American taxpayer money to fund dangerous gain-of-function experiments at a bioweapons lab in Wuhan, China, where the pandemic no doubt originated. Or perhaps you might want to investigate why hydroxychloroquine was sabotaged as a useful therapeutic by people like the current FDA Commissioner Janet Woodcock and, again, Tony Fauci. If hydroxychloroquine had been widely available to the American public since the dawn of the pandemic, over 400,000 Americans would be alive today instead of being buried in the ground. And it's not too late to use this life-saving medicine. The science is now abundantly clear on that. How about investigating that? In closing, I remain intrigued by your claim that current or former White House officials have been successfully compelled to testify before Congress despite the implication of executive privilege. In consideration of this claim, I note that the rank of assistant to the president is the highest rank within the White House. Pursuant to your claim, I respectfully ask the committee to promptly provide the following information. One, please name any assistants to the president who have been subpoenaed by the U.S. Congress, provide the dates of these subpoenas, the general topic upon which they were asked to testify, whether it was a criminal investigation, whether executive privilege was invoked by the relevant president, and whether the privilege claim was ignored by the assistant to the president. Two, 
Have you subpoenaed any other assistance to the president at the Trump White House to testify or to provide documents? If so, who and which of these individuals have voluntarily complied? For example, is Jared Kushner, who public press reports suggest played a key role in ventilators, on your target list or list of cooperating witnesses? In closing, I once again reiterate that the privilege is not mine to give away, and I direct you to President Trump's attorneys to litigate this. I likewise reiterate this was a point curiously absent from your threatening letter. Much of what you have requested can be sourced directly from White House records if President Trump waives the privilege. It is not mine to waive. Regards, Peter K. Navarro. Okay, that is the end of this episode. As the boss loves to say, let's see what happens. If I wind up in the slammer, please be sure to send me a care package. In the meantime, please do me and the nation a big favor and go to Amazon.com right now and buy my new book, In Trump Time, not just for yourself. Buy it as a gift to hand out at the holidays, particularly to your never-Trump friends. I should note here that one of the key missions of the In Trump Time book is to put Tony Fauci in jail. Wouldn't that be a great holiday gift? Christmas is coming. There's always one book you got to read. This year, it's Peter Navarro's book, which is In Trump Time. Get it through Amazon. Get it right now. This is the best book you're going to read. I couldn't put it down. The chapter on Mike Pence, I read it twice. Chapter on Fauci is unbelievable. The guy was there from the beginning. He was there with Lewandowski from day one right to the end, never missed a day from the campaign right through the final day on January 20th. Peter Navarro's book, In Trump Time, must read for deplorables, must read if you really want the truth about what went on during that pandemic in the White House, In Trump Time. Dr. Peter Navarro, get it on Amazon, get it now. It'll also make a great Christmas gift. I couldn't wait. I, I I just got mine immediately. Dead Black out of a bunch of them gave them out for Christmas. In Trump time, you want to get that by Peter Navarro going Amazon. 